Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of Dog Backwards, where we look at life, faith, and theology from a different angle. This is a special episode and I'm really excited about it. We're going to start having videos that go along with the podcast that usually won't be necessary. You can still listen as normal. For this one, it will help if you can watch it, but if you listen as well, you'll be able to get the main idea of what we're talking about. This week, we are going to examine the teachings of Bethel Church, their pastor, Bill Johnson, and the people connected to Bill Johnson. And can I just be honest? It's, it's going to get a little weird. It's going to get real... It's going to get real weird at times. And there will be times where I make jokes. Now, I'm not I, I'm not trying to be cynical. My personality is, is when I see some of these things, it breaks my heart. And the only way I know how to deal with that is like, man, if it's crazy, I'm going to say that's kind of crazy. So let's do our intro and we'll hop right in. Now, I don't assume everyone knows exactly who Bill Johnson or Bethel Church is. Bethel Church is a church in Redding, California, that also has a school of supernatural ministry where they train people to speak in tongues, to prophesy, and to use the gift of healing to heal everybody they come into contact with. And I've been studying cults for a long time, and the more I dug into this, and I've spent probably 20 hours listening to sermons, research, studying the more I research and find out about this church and their pastor, Bill Johnson, I'm shocked. I really am shocked because there's so many comparisons to some of the cults that I study, like Mormonism and things like that, uh, Hinduism. There's a lot of correlation to where there could be people in this church that are Christian, but I'm not, I can't say. There are people that I know that are connected to Bethel Church that are not believers, there's no way they could do and say the things things do and actually have the spirit of truth living in them. Bethel, man, it's, it's a tight line. Their leadership, I have some real, real questions about the things they teach. By the end of this, if you still think they should be teaching other people uh, the Bible, then you need to pray for discernment because it's, it's sketchy. You might be hearing the thunder out there. It's a dark, rainy day, so perfect day to do this. Um, Here's how we're going to do this, okay? I'm not going to attack them personally. I am going to show you, we're going to start off with something that seems strange, but it's not the strangest thing. And I'm going to build a case like I would in court, right? I'm not a lawyer, but I, I would build a case. So we're going to start out with people connected to Bill Johnson. People Bill Johnson openly supports and encourages others to interact with. And those people we would look at and go, yeah, those people are nuts. We should have, we should stay as far away from those people as possible. And then we, we don't want to just say he's guilty by association. We actually want to look at some of the teachings. I'm going to try to make this as short as possible. I hope to keep it under an hour. It's quite possible that this could be an hour and a half easily. I, I could do three hours of this. I took a bunch of the teachings out that showed just how strange and weird things were, you know, like fire tunnels and people on the ground screaming, flipping around. I took a bunch of that stuff out just so I could condense it so that it is watchable. So I hope you stay to the end because at the very end, I'm going to show you a direct correlation, video proof, that some of these manifestations that happen in these charismatic churches also happen in 
places like Hinduism, right? And cults and things that we would say have nothing to do with the truth of who Jesus Christ is. So here's where we're going to start. This is an event at Bethel Church with Bill Johnson and the other apostles on the stage. And they are going to end racism with Gandalf's staff. They, they can do this because they received a vision and they are apostles. I'm going to play the whole clip and then I'll stop and make a little bit of commentary on it. Let's go. You know, we're going to do some binding and loosening. And one of the things that I've learned in the last maybe around 10 years, that apostles have authority to make the decrees and declaration and uh, and something that God gives and I've seen it work in so many practical ways well Pastor Marlene got a prophetic vision right before this event and she saw us doing a prophetic act that was going to be very very historic and during this process I've been asking God show me the act show me the act let me understand what you were saying and when Pastor Bill started speaking I saw the father's heart just opening his arms. We are going to lift the staff and will command the spirit not only to leave, but he shall not pass. Now, if you heard what Apostle Savosa said, he said that you need to oil your door. So I encourage you, if you haven't done this in the proper order, you must put oil in your door and then go in front and repeat this act with us that the spirit of racism may leave your house, whether you participated as a victim or as someone who did it. We all did it. For our country to be where it is right now, we all did it. And that authority is what we are talking about that can only be released by an apostolic decree. So as an apostolic team with the authority that God's given to us, we decree and declare that racism will end, it's over, in the ecclesia from this night forward, in Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> what on earth did we just watch? It's a scene from Lord of the Rings. Here's the backstory. This is pretty recent, and they believe that they're going to end the spirit of racism, not by preaching the gospel that says there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, right? Not by preaching the gospel or reading a Bible verse. There's several key factors here. These people, they are claiming special authority as apostles. And this is like on equal, on par with Apostle Paul. Right? They have a special thing you don't have. So you have to listen to them. They're special. They're different. They're God's chosen. And she communicates that they have the authority to do this. And at the beginning, it says, we can bind and loosen as apostles. And they're going to make an apostolic decree. Now, why Gandalf's staff? Well, she had received a prophetic vision. That's the claim. Now, a prophetic vision, to claim that means God spoke directly to you. And she believed that God said there was going to be an act, a motion that she could do that would end the spirit of racism. She discovered that act while watching Lord of the Rings. Now, I love that movie. And I love that scene. If you haven't seen it, Gandalf's a big wizard in a hat and he's got a big staff and a fire dragon's coming and he stands with the staff and he says, you shall not pass and it all falls down, right? She watched that and she goes, that's God talking to me. That's it. That's what I got to do. I got to go on stage with a bunch of my friends who claim to be apostles and bang a Gandalf staff. And, but that, that alone wouldn't do it. She says, there's an order. You have to do this. You got to go and put oil on your door and then you bang a staff 
and repeat, thou shalt not pass, and that kicks out the evil voodoo spirit of racism that's living in your house, and it's in everybody's house, according to her. It's, 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 even if you're not racist, um, it's in your house, and you have to kick it out by oil on your door, which I'm sure is sold in the lobby out front in the gift store, right? So, what do we do with this? Is, is this healthy? Is this biblical? No and no. And this, this isn't the weird stuff. This is the tame stuff, and this is recent, and there Bill Johnson is on stage participating in this. Now you say, Caleb, you're just being cynical. Sure, it's a little weird. Um, they have the right heart, their right mind. Look, for lay people, people that aren't uh, ministers that are in charge of teaching and encouraging others, there's tons of grace. But if you're going to be in charge and a leader and role model what God is like and you do this, you shouldn't be teaching, right? Um, he says it's going to end racism. Uh, it's a historic event, and it's going to rend, uh, rid racism within the church. If there is still racism in the church anywhere throughout the U.S., then this is a failed false prophet prophecy. She didn't receive a vision from God, and she should be removed from ministry. It's simple. It's really simple. But millions of people watch this and go, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Why? Why? We'll discover that as we go on. So the next guy I, I want to look at is a guy by the name of Todd Bentley. And there are several different characters that I'm going to look at. It's like a play. I'm going to look at several different characters. And then we will get to uh, Bill Johnson, who is kind of the most prominent and digestible of these guys. He's not, he doesn't do the crazy things that some of the other people do, but his church does. But he seems like a kind old, um, he's a kind old guy, right? He seems nice. He seems non-threatening. And those are the people that can be the most dangerous because it's hard to decipher where this comes from. So the next guy we're going to look at in this circle of influence around Bill Johnson and Bethel Church is a guy by the name of Todd Bentley. And Todd Bentley should be arrested if the things he says he has done if he actually did those, he should be arrested for abuse and assault. What do I mean? Just listen. Said that's because I want you to grab that lady's crippled legs and bang them up and down on the platform like a baseball bat. I walked up and I grabbed her legs and I started going, be healed! Be healed! I started banging them up and down on the platform. She got healed. And I'm thinking, God, why is not the power of God moving? He said, because you haven't kicked that woman in the face. And there's this older lady worshiping right in front of the platform. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The gift of faith came on me. He said, kick her in the face with your biker boot. I inched closer and I went like this. Bam! And just as my boot made contact with her nose, she fell into the power of God. And I saw him and the gift of faith came on me. I said, what do I do, God? And God told me to just run him down. So I jumped up in the air and I went, bam! And I hit him to the ground, jumped onto him, and got into a full mount. Ground and pound. I jumped on there and I was in a full mount. And something came over me. And instead of punching him, I grabbed him by the neck and started choking him. And I said, come out of him, devil! Come out of him, devil! Hey, Bob. Bob. Every time I say the name Bob, I feel the anointing. 
Bob. Bob. So that last part that you just saw, that's him being drunk in the Spirit. This is where they believe the Holy Spirit falls on them in such a way that it makes them act drunk. And every time he says the word Bob, right, he just feels the anointing of God. Scripture and verse, please. Like chapter and verse where that happens. You remember the Apostle Paul falling around drunk saying Bob over and over? This is showmanship. It is fake. It's demonic, right? It's wrong. And that's like the first part is absolutely shocking. This man should be arrested for assault if he's kicking people in the face and claiming God told him to do that. Notice that first part, how it was all about him. The gift of faith came upon me. I asked God and God just told me straight up. The people in the audience are like, I wish God would tell me to kick people in the face. I don't hear from God like these special people. All these people, they lower God and elevate themselves. And that's going to be a constant theme through this whole thing. It's about them. They're telling stories. They're not up there preaching scripture. They're not there sharing the gospel. They're talking about, look how great I am and all the special things I can do. It's the Todd Bentley show. God is like some background character, right? It has nothing to do with God. It's all Todd Bentley. Now, those same apostles that we saw doing the Gandalf staff gathered around Todd Bentley. After, like, this is his shtick. He's been doing that for a long time. They know about this, like, these assault, the kicking people in the face. They know about this stuff, and they love it. He's special. Uh, They're going to anoint him with oil and make him a part of the club. Bill Johnson is on stage doing that right here. Oil. Chuck could not make it, but he sent this FedEx special oil for you. He's in Africa, and so we anoint you and commission you in Jesus' name. Oh, wow! Wow! Boom! <laughs> Bam! We want to give him a little bit of his own medicine. <laughs> Whoa! I'm going to ask John and Bill to share and pray. That shaking head movement, when his wife does it, it looks so demonic. She's up on stage talking about snakes, and I saw an elephant. It's, it's creepy. It's creepy. Uh, it, you, there's a lot of that. But this next clip is Bill Johnson, and he is encouraging people to go to that, to go see Todd Bentley. And... Notice, listen for these cues that a revival is about to break out and there's a new anointing, a new awakening. This is always the carrot hanging from the stick. There's always a new move of God. It's just about to happen. And it's just about to happen. It's been this way for over and over and over, right? They're always, it, we're on the cusp of something great. Watch. Hi, this is Bill Johnson from Bethel Church here in Redding, California. America needs revival. We need it badly. I don't know if there's ever been a time when we've had a greater need for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And Billy Graham has gone home to be with the Lord, and somehow those two events seem to collide in my mind. God wants to release, I believe, thousands of evangelists into the earth, into our nation. We've got an event coming up with Todd Bentley and just a whole bunch of people that are crying out for this same breakthrough. And it's in Western New York, in Olean, New York, August 17 through 19 this year. And it's called Revival Harvest America. We're just believing together that God will use this to ignite something fresh and new in our nation. There'll be massive conversions, massive miracles, and it will truly be a demonstration of this wonderful gospel. 
bless you. I hope that you're able to be a part. So, yes, guilty by association, encouraging people to go to this. This is why I say Bethel is so dangerous. Bethel is kind of like the uh, subtle substitute, right? Where it, it, from a distance, it looks good. Like their music is great. It seems wonderful. Sure, you go and look at their website and all they do is talk about Jesus. But then they point you to this. It's like the Book of Mormon, right? The Book of Mormon doesn't sound that bad if you actually read it. And it doesn't have all the crazy stuff about Mormonism. Cults are never obvious. There's always digging that has to happen. There's always on the surface level, like lies are always wrapped in truth, right? That's, that's how they make them palatable. So I would say this is the enemy at work using things like Bethel that look like the tamed down version, but they always point to this, this insanity, this craziness that we see Todd Bentley doing. Now there's two more characters I'm about to introduce. So I'm going to introduce them together. This guy's name is Todd White. I guess there's a thing about Todd's and false teachers. And Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland is one of the worst. He's kind of a godfather of this whole movement. He's been doing it for over 40 years. Um, and when you listen to him teach, it is straight demonic. Just, let's go. I have the privilege of introducing one of the amazing fathers in the body of Christ. Actually, he's really special to me and Kenneth Copeland the so-called godfather of prosperity gospel let's receive our evening offering this evening and uh, give you a chance to raise your income he's a, a mentor in my life he's a spiritual father I've just for years and years since I've been saved have just looked at the rock-solid ministry of Kenneth Copeland and Gloria Copeland and you don't have a God in you you are one God's reason for creating Adam was his desire to reproduce himself and Adam is as much like God as you could get he was not a little like God he was not almost like God. He was not subordinate to God even. Adam in the Garden of Eden was God manifested in the flesh. You have exactly the same spiritual DNA as Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You are a twin to the master himself. <laughs> when I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. Amen. I am dangerous you understand that yes, sir i do <laughs> i am spiritually lethal brother That's right. i'm so glad you're on our team I'm oh so glad. hallelujah jesus didn't do these as the son of god he did them as the son of man and he did it as a man baptized in the holy ghost in the jordan river so if you are biblically literate at all the things that he just said should send off some major red alarms Adam was God manifested in the flesh? So then God sinned? He's basically saying, like, Adam was Jesus? It's really strange. And at the beginning, he's, money come to me now. When he tells you to tithe, it's so you can increase your income. Seed money into his ministry, because he's got $40 million jets and several of them. He has his own airport at his house. And he tells you, if you give money to him, God's going to increase your income. This this is a racket. He's a charlatan. He's a fake. He's a phony. These are some of the most evil people in our world taking money, 
from elderly widows or sick people who have no hope. They see him on TV. Maybe if I send him my last check, God would help me. Now, there was an investigative report done on that, and the people who opened the letters say he never looked at a single letter, never prayed over a single thing, and people would give all their money, and they never got it back. They never got the tenfold increase that he promised him. He's a thief, a liar, and he uses God's name to steal from those who are the weakest. That's evil. That's evil. And him and Bill Johnson swim in the same waters. So Todd White, the guy you saw at the very beginning, we're going to learn about him in this next clip. It's a clip from a documentary called The American Gospel. He does fake healing, right? He, he pretends, it's like everywhere he goes, somebody's leg is a little bit shorter than the other one and he can magically heal it. It's no different than what David Blaine might do in street magic. But imagine if a street magician actually said God did this and it was supernatural instead of, oh, it's, it's a charlatan trick. That last thing that he said though, where he said um, Jesus did all his miracles, not as God, but as man. Bill Johnson will say the exact same thing in a little bit, and I'll really break down why that is the current that kind of undergirds all of this other teaching. That is a, a central belief to this movement. Two signs and wonders. And apparently there is an epidemic in this country of people with having one leg just a little bit shorter than the other. In every sense, I would say Todd White is as much a magician as he claims to be a man of God. I would go around and look for people that were like limping with obvious sicknesses. Is there any problems at all physically? Uh, my back isn't the best. And I'd go up to them and ask to pray for them. They tell your legs shorter, your one leg shorter than the other one, and it throws you back out. So this is the Holy Ghost film from 2014. This is a really great trick, and you're gonna see in a moment here that it is a trick. So what I'll do, regardless of what you believe, I'm gonna pray for you, and Jesus is gonna grow your leg out and heal your back. Charlatans and snake oil salesmen have been doing this trick for decades. It's sleight of hand. So Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Left leg, I command you grow right now. Jesus' name. Look at it. You see it? Look at that. You guys see that right there? Yes. It's longer now than the other one. And then if I was done, if they received it well, which most did, I'd be like, oh, God loves you so much. Have a good day. I'm not like out here to say, you need to, no dude, God loves you bro. And that's it, man, December 5, man. Now we're gonna see Todd White's clip sped up quite a bit and looped back and forth. Now this is where we can see what's really going on here. The leg on our right is supposed to be the short leg and this is the leg which should be miraculously growing, but it's not. Look at the leg on our left. That's where all the action is. That's what's actually being manipulated. You can see that Todd is actually pivoting or shifting the foot of the so-called long leg so that the heels match. Now, he's doing this very slowly over time, but it's painfully obvious when you speed up the clip. So that documentary was released several years ago. This next promo is for Kenneth Copeland's 40th anniversary in 2020, which came out after the documentary. Now, Todd White had been exposed as a false teacher and a con man years ago early in his ministry, uh, he's been doing the same trick. Everywhere he goes, someone has a shortened leg. He tells them to sit down, tells people to stand at this angle. Like, so uh, my dad used to run a magic store and did magic as a kid, and I've always loved magic. I watch magic specials all the time. It's literally no different. It's a magic trick. It's a sleight of hand. 
and it's easy to expose, and it's been exposed. Well, Bill Johnson, Kenneth Copeland, and Todd White, they all share the stage together. They're, they're, here's a, a promo for Kenneth Copeland's 40th anniversary, and you'll see Todd White, and then we'll hear uh, Bill Johnson speak a little bit. With seven powerful speakers, 26 high-impact sessions that you won't want to miss. And this year, for the first time ever, we welcome Pastor Bill Johnson to the stage. Prepare your spirit for an encounter with God like you've never had before. Will you rise up and be the one? Bill Johnson is a praise and worship specialist. Hallelujah. And he's good at his job. <laughs> and that's the reason the glory falls. I need to hear this man. Yes. Amen. I need to hear his specialty. Yes. Amen. Spoiler alert, Bill Johnson does not get on stage and rebuke these false teachers and these, these evil con artists. One of the guys that was on the bill is Creflo Dollar. His, little, his last name is Dollar. He's a prosperity gospel teacher, and he's going to do the same thing that all these other guys do. Now, Bill Johnson does it in a more subtle way. That's why I say he's probably the more dangerous. Because if you, it's easier for a Christian to fall for something that is more subtle but if, if the Spirit of God lives within you, when you hear Creflo Dollar preach, you go, that's fake. That's, that's not biblical. Here's Creflo Dollar saying that you're a God. And if God now produces man, and everything produces after his own kind, if horses get together, they produce what? And if dogs get together, they produce what? If cats get together, they produce what? But if the Godhead gets together and say, let us make man, then what are they producing? They're producing gods. Now, I got to hit this thing real hard in the very beginning because I ain't got time to go through all this. But I'm going to say to you right now, you are gods, little g. You are gods because you came from God and you are gods. You're not just human. The only human part about you is this physical body. If we were giving out heresy awards, I, I think the box would be emptied on that stage. Because I can't think of anything more heretical than what you're saying. You're God. You're, you're a little G God, but man, he really makes it seem like you are big G God as well. You're just like him. You're going to grow up to be just like daddy. And that's, that's, that's Mormonism as well. It says the exact same thing. You're going to grow up and be just like daddy. That you are the literal offspring of God. Jesus would not be unique son of God. You would all be just like him. This is a superhero complex wrapped up in religion. Remember how I said it's going to lower God and raise man. This feeds the egos of himself and all the people there. He's on stage with Bill Johnson, Todd White, Kenneth Copeland. Now, let's listen a little bit of what Bill Johnson says at this conference. It's my conviction that Jesus didn't do any miracles as God. He did them as a man submitted to God. And the reason he did so was to give us an example that we could follow. If he performed all of his miracles as God, I'm still impressed. It's just, I can't follow that. 
I'm reduced to an observer. I stand back and I say, my goodness, he did it again. He parted the sea. He brought water out of a rock. Look at him. He's in the cloud of the presence. And I stand back and I'm in awe. But something happens when I find out that Jesus did what he did as a man. I'm no longer content to stay where I am. I must pursue the example that's been set for me. There's a, there, just the example of Jesus becoming a man, still entirely God, and I, I don't understand how to define this well, but becoming a man yielded to the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit that was released upon him at his water baptism. That model makes it impossible for me to see that and stay where I'm at. That so here we have Bill Johnson on stage at a Kenneth Copeland event sharing the stage with other heretics like Creflo Dollar, um, Todd White, repeating the exact same words we heard Kenneth Copeland say earlier, that Jesus did not do anything as God. He did it as a man, simply full of the Holy Spirit. This means, because if he's a man, then you can do what he did, right? That, that's the whole, that's that underlying current, that Jesus wasn't special. He was just role modeling what you should be doing. Now, Bill travels around and says this same talk over and over and over. This is kind of his, his go-to talk, that we should be doing things just like Jesus. But Bill doesn't do things just like Jesus. He's, he's not going to cancer wards and healing all the children. Jesus went to the sick. You have to go to his church, and nobody that had an amputated arm grows their arm back. It's fake. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. I'm telling you, pleading with you, you have to see this. So let me break down biblically why what he said is wrong. The idea that Jesus did not get the Holy Spirit until he was baptized by John the Baptist is not found in Scripture. It is not found in Scripture. And there's an argument against it. So when Jesus was about 12 years old, he's found at the temple and his parents come looking for him. And they say, where have you been? He said, did you not know I must be about my father's business? Now, you can only know and call God Father if the Holy Spirit lives and resides within you. I would suggest that it's much more likely that Jesus always had the Holy Spirit living within him. Yes, he did miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit, but he always had the Holy Spirit. And there are things that he did that only God can do. So everything he said is absolutely false. Remember, John the Baptist had the Holy Spirit since he was in the womb. He was born with it. The Holy Spirit hovered over Mary to produce Jesus. So it seems that if John the Baptist can have the Holy Spirit since birth, why not Jesus, who is God incarnate? And then, you know, if God, if Jesus did things as God, he's like, I'm really impressed, but I can't follow it. Well, you can follow Jesus, but you can't, you want to be Jesus. You want the power, you want the authority, you want all that stuff. There are things Jesus did that no matter how full of the Holy Spirit you are, you cannot do. You know what those are? You cannot forgive other people's sins. Jesus did that. Who raised Jesus from the dead? Who raised Jesus from the dead? Scripture says that the Spirit raised Him from the dead, that the Father raised Him from the dead, and Jesus even claimed, if you destroy this temple on the third day, I will raise it. So Jesus raised Himself from the dead. There's trying to be this separation of the Holy Spirit and God the Father and Jesus Christ. That's non-Trinitarian, right? It's almost like modalism where sometimes he's Jesus, sometimes he's the Holy Spirit. There is no different, like there is no splitting of the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God the Father in the manner that he is talking about found in Scripture. If he really believed he could do everything that Jesus did, then he can forgive your sins. 
he could die and raise himself back from the dead. That proves him false. Now, let's hear some more teachings uh, from Bill Johnson, and uh, this is kind of a compilation I put together. I'll pause every now and then and break it down for you. I refuse to create a theology that allows for sickness. Now, here we got a problem. Only one. It's a small one. The Apostle Paul gives a warning in Galatians, and he says this. He says, if I, and he's the one who brought the gospel to him, he said, if I or even an angel comes to you and preaches to you a different gospel, you're to reject it. That's amazing. An angel shows up, and he brings you a different standard, a different gospel. Reject it. He says, even if I come back to you and I change my mind, don't pay any attention to me. All right, what gospel is it? It's the gospel of Jesus. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Okay. Let me illustrate. Paul refers to his thorn in the flesh, which has been interpreted by many as disease allowed or brought on by God. That's a different gospel. Jesus didn't model it, and he didn't teach it. And Paul said, you can't change the standard. I hope you understand the impact of what he just said. He's quoting Galatians 1, where Paul says that people will preach a different gospel. Let those people be accursed. Let, let them be damned to hell for preaching this other gospel. He claims people like me who have a theology that allows for sickness. He said, I do not allow a theology that allows for sickness. He does not believe it is ever God's will for people to be sick. This is coming from a man who wears glasses, which means his eyes are weak, which means his eyes and his body are not perfectly healthy. It's a con. It's a con. Now, I believe Bill really believes this stuff. I think some of those other guys, they're in it for the money. I think Bill is sincere, and that's what makes him so dangerous. Now, I don't know his heart. I don't know his mind, so I don't really claim to know uh, how he thinks. But this idea that Paul's thorn in the flesh, um, the, the Scripture says that a thorn was given to him and then it says what that was, a messenger of Satan. Now, it's possible that God allowed this to happen in the same way God allowed Satan to mess with Job. He allowed Satan to mess with Paul. But he goes to God and pleads. It's in the flesh. So, I don't know how it's not a disease or a crippling or a pain. All the things that Bill says are not allowed in his theology. He says, if you say it is a pain or a sickness, he says that is a different gospel. This is why when I interact with people that are from Bethel Church, and over the last couple of weeks I've interacted with as many as I could, they think I preach a different gospel. They say that they have brought the fullness of the gospel through like miracles and healings. You know who else say that I preach a false gospel and they have brought the fullness of the gospel? Mormonism. 
this claim that you, you only have it, but we have all of it. We are full of the Spirit. We have, we have more than you do. We have apostles and prophets. I want you to see that the enemy does not have new tricks. He's doing the same thing he's always done. It's the same thing he's done with the Muslim faith, where they have a special prophet, prophet who teaches that these other people don't have it right. Um, Mormonism, special prophet and apostles who say the other people don't have the fullness of the gospel. And now you have Bill Johnson, who claims to be an apostle surrounded by people with uh, prophetic and apostolic uh, offices, saying that anybody who disagrees with him, and I think the Bible disagrees with him, but he calls those people anathema. They're cursed, and that we teach a different gospel. This is why we have to come against Bill Johnson so strongly. Now, he, he runs a school called the Supernatural School of Ministry, where they teach people how to heal and use that. And I, I put this little clip in here, kind of making fun of the guy who says it's never allowed for sickness, but wears glasses, right? Um, and he'll, he'll, he'll backtread on this a little bit from time to time. He'll be like, no, sometimes people don't get healed, but it's always God's will to be healed. And I'll deal with that here in a second. Um, but when COVID hit, guess where it hit really hard? Coronavirus cases continue to surge here in Shasta County. Now, public health says that a majority of these cases are coming from the Windsor Reading Care Center and the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Okay, so the school where everybody learns to heal couldn't heal people of COVID. In fact, they shut down like everybody else. And when they interview Bill on what to do, he doesn't tell them, just walk around healing everybody, guys. It's always God's will to heal. Just go around and heal everybody of, of COVID. You know what he tells them to do? Write cards. Send people cards. Mm. See, there, there's a point in this kind of theology where the rubber hits the road and they have to do damage control. They've done lots of damage control. Um, it gets worse. The, the ramifications of this kind of theology just spiral down. Here's some more teachings of Bill. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. He's perfect theology. It is theologically immoral to allow anything, any revelation about God that contradicts what you see in the person of Jesus, to allow that to trump your concept of what God is like. The clearest manifestation of the nature of the Father seen in the person of Jesus. He made it very clear. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How did he handle sin? How did he handle sinners? How did he handle disease? How many storms did he bless? Hello. How many storms did he bless? How many times were there life-threatening storms that he would face in the middle of the sea and he'd say, well, just go over to that city, destroy them, and it'll teach them to pray. And they'll become more like me. Is anybody alive in the building? We got concepts of the nature of God that are, that are, that are based on disappointment not based on revelation. See, your questions about God, the questions that every one of us have, none of them have the authority to cancel a revelation. Does God ever cause sickness? Does God ever choose not to heal? What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Um, Jesus was, these are three really easy questions. Which, <laughs> Um, Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of a boat in the middle of a life-threatening storm. He was sleeping 
because the world he was living in had no storm. He was living in a realm of kingdom reality. He was actually living in a realm called peace. When they woke him up, he stood and looked at the storm, and it says he released peace over the storm. Now, how did he release peace? Because he had it to give. We know he had it because he slept in the storm. So you can only give away what you have. Can God give away sickness? No, he's not sick. You can't give cancer if you don't have it. At first, I agree with him. Jesus is perfect theology, but it's what he does with that idea. Like if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus because he's the image of the invisible God. Amen to that. Like I, I agree, but it's what he does with that that is so twisting and misleading. He says God doesn't have sickness, so he can't give sickness, and God doesn't have cancer. And so he begins to hyper-focus on the three years of ministry that Jesus does. And then he forgets all the rest of Scripture. And here in a second, I'm going to talk about how he does that. He says there are some things that are true and some things that are more true, which is a contradiction. It's a logical fallacy. It's either true or it's not, right? Um, so let me give you some examples that just show what he said is wrong. Um, in Revelations 2, 23, Jesus is talking. He says, Behold, I will cast her onto a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. Then I will strike her children dead. A, a bed of sickness. But that's, that's not the best example. Here's another one. In 1 Samuel 5, 6, it says, The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod and its vicinity. He brought devastation on them and afflicted them with tumors. An act of God's judgment, he put his hands on people and gave them cancer. Now, Bill says, you can't give what you don't have. And that sounds nice. Notice, he doesn't have an open Bible showing you any of this. This is a philosophy, not a biblical theology. He's saying things that sound true-ish, and to the undiscerning mind are going to go, you're right, you can't give what you don't have. And what is this about like Jesus was living in a realm of peace and a king, like there's these other realms. This is, sounds more like mysticism and that you can live in this realm too where the storm doesn't bother you. And if you have peace, you can speak peace into the storm, but you can only give uh, what you have. God has everything and he can give whatever he wants. Right? This is a false teaching. And it's it's... He can't go to Scripture to define this. This is why he has good quips and sayings that sound nice. Bill is an excellent speaker. He, he knows when to pause for effect. He knows how to uh, create these little sayings that, that are easy to remember. He's a good speaker. He's a bad preacher. Let's go. The other day about truths and their superior truths. There are things that are absolutely true, but there are things that are more true. Should I, should I do something easier this morning because it's morning? Are, are you guys engaging with me? Or maybe I should start with some stories. That might help us to... There are things that are true. But there are things that are more true. The judgment of God is true. The mercy of God is more true. Sin is a reality. His love covers a multitude of sins, so it's more true.
anything that you know about the nature of God that is not seen in the person of Jesus is an inferior truth. So there are things that are true and things that are more true. The sky is green, that's true, but it's blue, that's more true. This is nonsense. It's illogical. And he has to get people to like, come on guys, this is really profound what I'm saying. He's like a guru. He's like, you guys should be getting this. It's so deep. No, it's nonsense. Psalms 85 says that uh, there is a place where God's justice and truth and mercy kiss. Right? It's the cross. It's where God's justice, His wrath, and His mercy meet together. They don't... One, one is not greater than the other. That's why Jesus had to die, is because God's wrath and justice had to be fulfilled. And He showed His mercy by putting that judgment on Jesus, not on you. He doesn't elevate His mercy and lower His justice. That would be a bad judge. Justice has to be served. And mercy is granted. It's a false teaching. And it's... Let's keep going. I want to pray for this prophetic anointing. You, you guys would laugh if you knew how... I'm just going to tell you. I can actually go a couple minutes over in this service. I don't in the other one, but this one I can. Yeah. You know how we started the prophetic in Weaverville years ago? There was no zero prophetic. Zero. There wasn't a prophetic mouse. There wasn't a prophetic flea. There was zero when we moved there. So I'd get men, sit around a table. And I'd turn to the one on my right and say, if Jesus were to walk in the room right now, what do you think he'd say? And they'd go, oh, I think he'd say. And I'd go to the next one. We'd go all the way around the room. And after we got all the way around the room, I'd say, do you realize that you all just prophesied? And they'd go, oh, it's that easy. <laughs> See, when you strive is when you miss it. Yeah. It's when you relax in who you are abiding in presence, abiding in his voice, it becomes very natural to speak words that are life-giving. So we've, we've got to applaud. You know, Chris does an amazing job. He'll take like a room like this, he'll pair you off, and he'll say, all right, everybody on the right, give a word of knowledge. In other words, something you couldn't know in the natural about the person you're faced off with. At the end, we'll ask the question, you know, how many of you got it right? They raise their hands, everybody claps. He says, how many of you got it wrong? They raise their hands, everybody claps. You know, we're not talking about moral failure. We're talking about, as leaders, we have to create an environment where risk is applauded, knowing that eventually there will be breakthrough. As long as so Bill just said, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Pretend that you're hearing from God until you hear from God. Pretend you have supernatural psychic abilities until you have supernatural psychic abilities. Do it until you convince yourself that it's true. To have a group of guys sit around and say, if Jesus was here, what do you think he would say? You just prophesy. No, they didn't. In fact, the Bible is very clear that there are several different kinds of prophets. There are those who speak because God has directly revealed something to them, much of which is what we see in the Old Testament. Here's Jeremiah warning us of this kind of prophecy, these kinds of visions, this kind of talking. Here's Jeremiah 23, 16. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. Verse 25, I have heard what the prophets say who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. 
How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesied the delusions of their own mind? When these people prophesy, like the lady with the Gandalf staff who said she had a vision and a dream and she was a prophetess and God told her to do this, the Bible says these people are liars. Liars. And it might just seem like I'm picking a fight. Well, we are, and I am, because it's dangerous. A worship leader from the church, they lost their little daughter. Her name was Olive. And because they have been told that you should be able to do everything Jesus does, you're just like Jesus. If you just would allow yourself to be full of the Holy Spirit, if you, just had, if you would just let go and let God fill you, you can do all the things that Jesus did because Jesus did not do anything as God. He did them as a man. You're a man. You should be able to do what Jesus did. If you can't, it's because you haven't yielded yourself enough. If you can't, it's your fault. Now, I'll never say that. He comes close to it. And I have a clip where he's like, yeah, faith plays a big part. So this man and his wife lose their daughter, Olive. They go to the church. Raise our daughter from the dead. Bethel has claimed to have raised people from the dead before. That's, that's what they believe they're supposed to be doing. Here's Bill Johnson's wife leading people into assuming that this daughter is about to be raised from the dead. She claims that God told her and she sees signs. Today's the day. Olive did not get raised from the dead. This is spiritual abuse. It's hard to watch for me. Here it is. Hello everyone. I think that we are just a little bit excited. I don't know about you, but I feel the anticipation of what God is about to do tonight. I've been texting Eric and Candace who are in New Zealand and they're like, how are things going? How did the prayer time go? at uh, Twin View, and I said, the place is packed. They're out in the lobby. He goes, I love our church. <laughs> I love you guys. I just love what's happening um, amidst a tragedy, but we are contending for resurrection power. And listen, this morning in worship, I was sitting there uh, in worship, and and this came to me the third day. I, I'm, my personal opinion is that three is God's favorite number. You know, think about that. Uh, Lazarus was dead in the tomb for three days. Jesus was dead for three days in the tomb. Um, just a lot of threes in the Bible. And when I heard that, I went, it the third day. The third day. Three, three. That works. I, I love all you prophetic people that get all that stuff all the time. Isn't it fun? She was excited with it. She could feel the anticipation of what God was about to do. And everybody's clapping, having a great time. They're worshiping and they're singing songs. And Olive's parents are sitting, pins and needles, waiting for their daughter to be raised. Olive never came back from the dead. Bill Johnson, who they call Apostle Bill, could not do what he has been preaching he should and everyone else should be able to do. They, they hired a PR team to deal with the fallout. Because videos of everybody singing the song, Olive, come out of that grave, come out of that grave in Jesus' name. 
thousands of people, probably millions of people around the world praying for this girl to be resurrected. God didn't do it. Who lacked the faith? The parents? There's a, a new series that Bethel has been putting out over the last couple of days. I've been watching all of them called Rediscovering Bethel. And it's basically damage control where he's interviewed by uh, the person who's the dean of the Supernatural School of Ministry. And uh, I got some clips from that here. I'll, I'll play those for you real quick. When the Holy Spirit has his way in us, it's going to be seen through demonstrations of power, faith, purity, lifestyle, but it's all going to be, also going to be the endurance yeah. until the miracle comes. Do you believe that it's God's will to heal everyone? Is that like Bethel standard teaching or? A... <laughs> I, I have to approach that it is. I have to approach that it's always God's will. And, uh, and my lead on that is everybody the Father sent Jesus to, he healed. Everyone who came to Jesus, he healed. Yeah, yeah. And I can't pray if it's your will, because for me, that's a prayer of unbelief. Okay. Because he's already revealed to me it is his will in his provision for healing. And personally, I use Isaiah 53, but you can, you know, you can come yeah. at it from many different angles. Yeah. It's an aspect of the kingdom, yeah. which is a present reality. Is it the role of faith then? Like how, is someone not healed because they didn't have enough faith? Is that... What, is that like our standard line, like you weren't healed because you didn't have enough faith? How does So what's that relationship of faith, faith and healing? Is, faith is an issue. I would never want to downplay it because Jesus honored it, you know, when he saw it. You know, mm -hmm. he said, man, I haven't seen such faith in all of Israel. Yeah. And so um, he would celebrate great faith. But the thing to remember is even when he saw tiny, tiny faith, uh, like the guy who says, if you can, you know, yeah, when yeah, you question yeah, God's yeah. ability, when, <laughs> if you can, would you heal my son? Uh, Jesus turns the table. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to mm -hmm. those who believe. So the point is, is that even where there was very small faith, he still brought the miracle. So here's Bill Johnson himself saying he does believe it is always God's will to heal people. And that faith plays a crucial role. And even if you just had a little tiny bit of faith, you should receive your miracle. And if you don't, well, just endure, just hang in there till you get your miracle because it's coming and maybe it's just a lack of faith. So if you don't get your miracle, whose fault is it? Now, some people I've talked to said, no, Bill doesn't believe that. Here he is. I, I just showed you where he says he's always believe it is God's will to heal and to pray, Lord, if it be your will is a prayer of unbelief. Remember Jesus in the garden, Lord, if it's your will. And let me give you an example of where it was not God's will to heal somebody. Jesus on the cross was in pain and was bleeding and did not heal himself. Jesus did not heal himself right then and there on the cross. He was fully capable to do it, but it was not God's will for Jesus to not suffer. But this idea of suffering and pain, he says, oh, it has no place in the kingdom. So according to Bill, Jesus was disobedient because that would never be God's will for one of his people full of the Holy Spirit to suffer that way. God causes sickness sometimes. It, it, it's biblical. So, and even just to pray, Lord, if it be your will, he's like, God has already shown me. So he's the prophet. He's the apostle. He knows more than you. He has special connection to God that you don't have. So don't matter what the Bible says, you listen to Bill. This is a cult of Bill, not a, not a followers of God. That's why people so quickly defend him.
because they see him like Gandalf, like some kind of icon, like a celebrity. And he, yeah, a few more clips and then we'll be done. This last part that I'm going to show you is a comparison of people in the charismatic church. Much of this is filmed at Bethel uh, or is older, but comes from people that Bill would look up to, hang out with, idolize, mention as, like it's all the same thing. They're all in the same camp. And I'm going to show you some of the weird manifestations that happen in these things. There's a thing called a fire tunnel. I had one video, but I cut it for time where you hear a young man screaming, flopping around on the floor in what looks like a lot of pain as they're, the, the leaders of Bethel are just saying gibberish. They're going legacy, legacy, legacy over and over. It's nonsense. But here's a clip of this happening in Christian churches. And then the last part is similar or the same things, drunk in the spirit, stuff like that, happening in pagan religions. Watch. <laughs> Shake up, Baba. Do you love me more than the pull of religion to drag you back? Marilah kita selalu ketawa untuk diri, untuk orang lain, ketawa untuk keluarga, masyarakat, dunia, dan negara. Makanya apapun yang kita cari di dunia ini, kita menjadi orang pintar, menjadi orang kaya, ujung-ujungnya. So my hope and my prayer is, is that by watching this, if nothing else, you should at least go, Bill shouldn't be teaching. He shouldn't be a pastor. You might believe he's a Christian. You might believe he has good intent. But to support Kenneth Copeland, who is a con man after your money, to support um, Todd Bentley, who talks about choking people and punching them in the face and kicking old ladies, and to support Creflo Dollar, to support all of this stuff, to be in that same circle and not to call it out. You saw that lady who was shaking violently. She was the leader of the New Apostolic Reformation. That's what NAR stands for. Bill Johnson is a part of that. He's at the very top of the New Apostolic Reformation. He, Bethel Church is that movement. And they believe in exporting that movement throughout the world. That movement has to be stopped. It is not godly. It is not biblical. And if after all that you've seen, his false teachings, uh, false miracles from Todd White, uh, all of that stuff, if after all that you've seen, you still think that this is good and godly, then you have no discernment. And my prayer would be that you would pray for more discernment, that you would be steeped in Scripture, 
This doesn't mean that those who oppose this believe that miracles can't happen. We believe in miracles. They happen rarely. That's why they're called miracles. But you are not Jesus. You are not a little g-god. You can be full of the Spirit and still not walk on water. Let me close with this verse. This is a story from Matthew. And I'm going to show you the difference between how I would read this and how somebody like Bill Johnson would read this. This is the story of um, one of the disciples walking on water on, with Peter. Um, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Now when he says, it is I, that's the Greek of ego eimi, which is... Um, how you would say, I am. It's Jesus hearkening back to uh, Job 9.8, where only Yahweh could calm the waters, and where uh, God reveals himself to Moses, saying that I am that I am. Jesus uses that same language to say, don't be afraid, I'm God. Right? This is a declaration of his divinity. And then Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The charismatics would look at that verse and say, See, if you had more faith, you could do exactly what Jesus was doing. But I would argue that it wasn't Peter's lack of faith that in himself or being able to do what Jesus could do. It was his lack of faith in who Jesus was. Because there's a switch. He goes from calling him Lord to worshiping him as God. The point of the story was Jesus revealing that he was doing things only God could do. And that he was God. The charismatics take and twist that and say, this story is about you when the Bible is clear. This story is about elevating Jesus. But the thing that all cults do is they lower God to elevate themselves. Don't be guilty of that. I hope this was informative. I cut a lot out. Um, if you would like more content like this, you can find it. Um, I don't know where you find it. Uh, reach out to me and I can tell you more. Uh, but if you would like more content like this from the podcast, message me. I would love to help however I can. God bless.